all these guys have been doing for 20 years is just been smashing SEO and building software to help other people smash SEO. And so the question here is how many SaaS founding teams can say they have a total of 40 years experience in the industry? Hello, welcome to another episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. And today we're diving deep into the growth story of another awesome SaaS company. Today we're doing SEM Rush. That's how I believe you're supposed to announce this. And I should really know that because I've been working with these guys for a while. The title of this growth study is SEM Rush, the $100 million black sheep of SaaS. And we'll get more into why we're calling this growth study that later in the episode. But before, of course, we need to give a massive thank you to our two sponsors. So up first, brand new sponsor to the show, we have SaaS Stock, the preeminent European SaaS conference. And there's two things we need to talk about. First of which is that actually SaaS Stock are doing a US conference. It's taking place between May the 31st, 2023, so roughly six weeks from the release of this episode, and June the 2nd, and it's going to be in Austin. We're talking 800 founders, investors, and a whole lot of SaaS. And so quickly, why you would consider going, attendees are going to meet their next investor, they're going to meet their next customer, there's going to be meaningful conversations facilitated, and of course, you're going to be learning from the best in SaaS. And if you're interested in sponsoring, SaaS Stock brings the highest concentration of SaaS legends together. 68% of attendees are decision makers. So if you're interested in attending or sponsoring or both, we'll put links below. And then, of course, massive shout out to Hockey Stack, making dark social brighter. And I recently read a LinkedIn post by the CEO about how we are currently able to help attribution with podcasts, specifically integrating with Gong, if the name of the podcast or the web podcast is said in a sales call, that can be fed directly back through Hockey Stack and attributed to the podcast in Hockey Stack. Sick, we are making dark social lighter. Go to hockeystack.com. They have a, yes, it's gated, but it's a live demo. I think you just chuck in your email address. You see exactly what the tool is doing. These guys are kicking off right now. So go do that. We'll also be linked below. All right, so let's talk SEM Rush. The story starts 2001 in St. Petersburg, the cultural capital of Russia, and Oleg pings his childhood friend, Dmitry, about this strange new thing he's been learning about. It's called SEO, or search engine optimization. They start experimenting, writing code, and taking SEO roles in small e-com or Russian e-com businesses. Now, fast forward several years, and FEM finally launches. Revenue doubles organically for four years up to the 1 million ARR mark. So this is roughly 2008. And so then revenue is doubling from 2008 to 2012 to 1 million ARR. And then by 2019, revenue hits 100 million in ARR. So we're talking about going from 1 million ARR up to 100 million ARR in seven. We've got 6 million free users and over 60,000 customers. How this post explains, and we're going to be digging into a total of nine growth levers. So growth lever number one, founder industry focus. So forget product 
market fit or even forget product market founder fit. What we're talking about here is founder industry focus. So Oleg was first introduced to SEO in its third year as an information security student. So this was back in 2000, even before he pinged his friend, Dimitri, in 2001. And so really, we're over 20 years of founder industry focus. All these guys have been doing for 20 years is just been smashing SEO and building software to help other people smash SEO. And here's a direct quote. Basically, we figured out what was interesting to us and we were ready to work towards. And so the question here is how many SaaS founding teams can say they have a total of 40 years experience in the industry? And so this industry focus has enabled them to be arguably the best at solving this problem. And the problem is obviously how people can get more web traffic from search to their websites. And I guess it's luck or skill, but obviously Oleg and Dimitri have chosen to focus on an industry that's growing rapidly. What I have here in front of me on the screen is essentially just a chart showing the number of websites from 2000 when Oleg starts thinking about SEO or gets introduced to SEO up to 2018. And we basically go from something that's very, very small. And we'll link to the blog post where this is in the show notes if you want to go and check it out. But then we get up to it's one over 1.5 trillion websites. And so SEMrush have been able to ride this wave because the founders have just kept focus on this very specific thing. And so this is growth lever one. And the learning is, are you obsessed with your industry? And if not, find one where you are. Growth lever number two, forget everything apart from products. So from 2007 to 2012, this is when Oleg and Dimitri went full-time on SEMrush. All they did was build product. And yeah, of course, they probably went to spend time with family, went to the gym, but in their work life, that's literally all they did. And here's a direct quote from Oleg himself. The main criteria was our own satisfaction with the product. And so these guys weren't hiring. Well, I assume they probably were hiring, but they weren't like focused on culture. They weren't focused on marketing. They weren't even focused on the external validation or customer feedback on the product. They were focused on their own satisfaction with the product. And actually researching for this episode, it's really hard to find any interviews with these guys. And so I found a couple. This is why we have the direct quotes. But if you go to try and add Dimitri on LinkedIn, he has one of the things where you can't send the connection request. You have to add his email. And so these guys are just like deadly focused. They don't really care about anything else apart from building something amazing. And here's a direct quote talking about how experts were telling them to, that they were going to fail if they didn't raise money. There had always been a bunch of experts who kept telling us that we were going to fail, that we need to attract more external investment and who kept giving advice that I couldn't care less about. I guess these experts are now quite, quite satisfied with their nine to five work they do for pennies. I would consider donating money to them if I knew their contacts. So they just kept pushing during these four years and revenue slowly but surely grew. And what growth tactic do we think that got them from zero to one million ARR? Maybe it was SEO, maybe it was PBC, maybe it was direct sales. No, it was simply through word of mouth. All they did was focus on the product. And so that is growth lever number two. And the learning is spend months, if not years, building something that people like before broadcasting your business to the world. Growth lever number three, and this ties nicely into growth lever number two. And it is something that I do normally recommend most early stage SaaS products to 
integrate as soon as they can. And it's essentially an affiliate program. And this is like a, an affiliate program on steroids. It used to be called Brush, but now I think it's transformed into something else. And the idea here is that if you are focusing all your time on the product and you're making the product amazing, obviously you will generate word of mouth from that and that will help growth. But you can help amplify that by offering to give people money to spread word of mouth. And so what I have on the screen in front of me here is a screenshot taken from the first ever recorded SEMrush homepage. And you can find this on archive.org or you can will link to the blog post below. And what we see right at the start is the affiliate program in the header. And this has evolved right from the start of the business up to today where Brush is what it used to be called. The affiliate program actually had its own Twitter profile. This is how big time it was. And it often even had more followers when I wrote this post than most other SaaS companies that had 3.1 thousand followers on Twitter. And the question is really, how did they make this affiliate program so awesome? A, I guess they're in a good industry for it. Like a lot of people in the online marketing world like the affiliate business model, so that helps. But then they just essentially made a really, really good deal for affiliates. And so they have what's called a 10-year first-click attribution. And so what essentially means that if someone clicks and then they buy within a 10-year period, the attribution for that goes to the affiliate. Most SaaS products only do that for 30 days. They're offering 40% recurring commissions where most other programs offer 30. They're offering twice monthly payouts where most other programs were offering monthly. And then we had almost instant 100% approvals where most other affiliate programs pick and choose their affiliates. And this is also combined with extremely active support. So we actually signed up as an affiliate and we had Andrew reaching out to us directly on LinkedIn to be like, how can we help? We'd love to jump on a call to explain how we can help you promote. So just to pick out one specific example here, there's an online marketing blog called Bloggers Passion. They've been promoting SEMrush since 2016 and have earned over $250,000, that's a quarter of a million dollars in commissions. And at a 40% commission, this means they've driven $625,000 in growth and $375,000 in net revenue for SEMrush. And this is obviously just from one affiliate. And so that's roughly $7.8,000 of revenue per month with essentially zero acquisition cost. Obviously, they had to acquire this affiliate, but presumably this affiliate became a customer and then they became an affiliate. So I think the key learning here is that your the first growth channel you choose ideally should be aligned with the skill set and interest of the founders, right? Obviously, our founders here are not necessarily passionate about sales or not necessarily passionate about anything else in online marketing apart from building SEO software. And so the first growth channel was very aligned with that. It essentially meant that Oleg and Dimitri could just focus on the product and that would, and this first growth program, leverage that awesome product in order to bring more customers. Growth lever number four, outsource content marketing to influencers. This is a super interesting concept. If essentially a really nice strategy that a blog called Sales Hacker also used to use, which is essentially incentivizing other people to spend their time and energy and mind energy to create content for you that gets you attention. So if you go to semrush.com forward slash blog, Usually it looks like pretty normal blog, different content formats, except there's one small difference in that as of the writing of this blog post, there were 389 authors on the blog. And so it's really a chicken and egg problem because people are only going to come and do that if you have traffic to get them exposure. And so typically you'd have to start off by getting traffic for your blog before you go out and reach out to influencers. But FEMRush have done this incredibly. So I'm just picking out one author here, for example, he has seven, so there's a guy called AJ, he has seven posts in total. And on Twitter, 
he has close to 100K followers. So he's written these seven posts, presumably has shared pretty much all of them. And I can see one example here. And so what they're getting is obviously the content essentially for free, but they're also getting distribution through these authors as well. And this isn't only restricted to written content, it's also being implemented in exactly the same way for webinars. And we actually spoke with one of the top contributors, Deepak Shukla of Pearl Limit, to understand why FEMRush work with these content creators and what the experience has been like for him. Let's cue that clip right now. I've been working with Rush since January 2020. It's been definitely, definitely an invaluable way to actually grow my brand as well as, of course, help them grow theirs. SEMrush looks for individuals who are strategically positioned to be able to connect with their target audience. Now, myself being a British-based agency owner, of course, clearly fits into that category. But being British Indian, it also means I'm able to connect with their vastly growing Indian market. So for those reasons, I made a good fit for their actual networking community. Equally, working with them over the last four months has been, yeah, pretty demanding. I think they ask you to help with the vetting of potential guests. They ask you to help with the descriptions for the actual webinars that you go on to, as well as recording various promotional videos for these actual webinars. But equally, on the other side of it, the return that you get in being able to, of course, build your brand, associate with them, it it really does give you a platform for definite growth and respect within your actual community. So I definitely think that, you know, the the SEMrush platform has been something that even in its nascent stages will be critical to my personal and professional development. And I would always encourage, you know, any individual influencer to work with SEMrush. They they do expect a lot, but then equally, of course, they've got a platform to be able to have that expectation in place. And equally, you know, SEMrush are always on the lookout for an individual or an individual that's part of a wider business to be able to add actual value to their end users. And in the search engine optimization space, it's it's sometimes a challenge to find, you know, incredibly good communicators and people that can deliver important messages. So I'd absolutely advocate working with a company like SEM Rush. And, you know, for me, it's been a involved, but already very enriching experience. And so what is the impact of this strategy? We have seen organic traffic on the blog specifically go from below 100k, so we're talking like 20, 30k, all the way up to above 100k per month over a eight-year period. So this is back in 2012, when we first have data for this up to 2020. So we're going, that's 5x of organic traffic over time. So the learning here is how can you leverage the expertise and audience of industry influencers in order to grow your business? Growth lever number five, horizontal product expansion. SEMrush don't focus on user churn. They focus on revenue churn. And so essentially, if they're able to increase revenue each month without adding any new customers, they're happy. And so in 2018, monthly revenue churn hit 105%. So what this means is that SEMrush have something called net negative revenue churn, which means that they didn't add any new customers during that time period, but their revenue still increased by 5%. So assuming that we were at $80 million in revenue per year, and therefore $6.6 million per month. FEM are adding a minimum of $330,000 of new revenue each month from existing customers. And how is this possible? 
through something called expansion revenue. So SaaS businesses typically have three access to expand revenue upon, so data, e.g. access to more data provided by the tool, users, how many more people can come and work within the account, and then features, access to more features. And you can see, or FEMrush have been experts at enabling accounts to expand on all three. But perhaps the most impressive is the product expansion. Here's just a brief list, and I won't read them all out, but what we essentially have is roughly 17 current features in the main product. So this is organic research, advertising research, position tracking, site audit, social media tracker, social media poster, PPC keyboard tool, ad builder, content analyzer. But you get the point. As the years roll past, SEM Russia reinvesting the profits back into building other functionality that expands their share of the digital marketer's wallet and they can charge more for these features. And the benefit this adds is that overall bundling all these features together will enable them to offer more value for cheaper because if these features were offered or the user was paying for these features from a separate business, then you have all these other costs, maybe the acquisition costs from that business to pay for other costs associated with having two separate businesses versus one. And they've even entered into the content creation space of something called SEM Rush Marketplace, which enables their users to buy content through a marketplace. And obviously they're taking a cut on that. Average revenue per user has increased six to seven times since launching in 2008 and has more than doubled since 2016. The growth lever here is when you start focus, but then that focus as you build a product that's amazing and you generate uh, profits, you can then reinvest those products into back into the product to expand the product in order to expand and charge more from your customers. Growth lever six, expanding past the English language. This is a strategy that I see few SaaS businesses adopting. So it's essentially lifting and shifting the product and marketing into non-English speaking markets to dominate local competition. And so if you go to fmrush.com, scroll down to the footer, you're gonna see we have versions in English, French, Spanish, German, Italian, Portuguese, and some other languages that I don't recognize. So this is a strategy that FEM Rush had been implementing since 2018. And if we look just at YouTube channels, for example, right now I'm seeing six different channels. So the US channel has 49,000 subs, Spain has 11,000 subs. And so what we're essentially seeing here, if we add up all of the subscribers from outside of the US, so in non-English speaking countries, we have 50% more. And so we're able to create the content once, translate that into different languages, and essentially get 50% more exposure for that content. And then if we look into their organic traffic, for example, this strategy started rolling out roughly in 2017 as per, so I'm looking at SEMrush's traffic within SEMrush to get this data. And approximately right now, 100,000 organic sessions per month are going just to their Spanish speaking content. So the learning here is how is your local language competition? Can you beat them if you translate it? And that's both for product and for marketing. Growth lever seven, an expansion focused sales team. So by 2018, FEMrush now has a team of 500 employees and an inside sales team of roughly 50 reps. Apparently this team was formed in 2016, 17 when the chief revenue officer, Del Humanic joined the business. It took SEMrush roughly eight years to embrace manual in-person sales. Now, of course, these salespeople are not going cold to try and sell $99 accounts. They're waiting for this avalanche of free accounts to come to then upgrade to paid 
and then raise their hand as a qualified prospect, typically because they've done something in the product that suggests they could be. And we actually experienced this firsthand a couple of years ago where we came on, uh, just jumped into the kind of book standard pro plan at $99 per month. And then within the first six months of our subscription, we had someone called Maria reaching out with very enticing upsell offers. So first it was a free training session for anyone in our marketing team. And then from there, we were offered the discounted annual plan. So that's a, a very common tactic if to get customers to switch from monthly to annual for roughly 10 to 20% discount, but that's great for cash flow for the business. And then we also get an email uh, along the same lines, but offering the guru accounts as slightly better features based on what we've been using. And so this is just a great example of custom upsells to people that have already bought. And we actually have a quote here from FMRush's chief strategy officer saying that, the more people expand, the stickier they get. So as well as obviously having these sales reps pushing for expansion revenue will lead to increased revenue immediately if those upsells are successful. But then at the same time, their customers are getting more stickier the more they're paying. Growth lever number eight, the right way to raise money. So here's like the typical way to build a SaaS startup normally. Find a friend that can code, choose a hot market, leave your job, spend six months raising money whilst you're not actually creating any real value. Finally raise, let's say, $2 million. You end up building something no one wants, you fail, then you go and get a job at Facebook. And so if you think about that kind of classic newbie startup founder journey to the SEMrush story, in fact, up until 2015, SEMrush raised $0 in external capital. So here we're approaching the $100 million ARR market, that's 2018 that they hit that. So maybe let's just say we're on $50 million ARR. Then at that point, Eugene Levin enters. Eugene is a Russian VC that actually used FEMRush for competitive research for their, for research of companies that they could potentially invest in. He has a brainwave. Maybe these guys could use some investment. He reached out to Oleg and Dimitri and they grudgingly hand over their numbers. And then in a recent interview, Eugene shares some of the numbers that he saw. And he was saying these are some of the best numbers he'd ever seen for a company. So 60% year on year growth, 40% EBITDA margins, and a roughly one month payback period. Eugene comes back a couple of weeks later, not with an offer to give them money, with a request for a job. And his pitch is essentially that I can help you raise money and we can grow faster. So 2018, FM raises 40 million to bring competitive intelligence and search analytics to more than 2 million digital marketers. So they do raise, but this again is after almost a decade of building the product and hitting roughly, let's say, $50 million in ARR. And as we mentioned before Eugene joined, he was saying that payback period was one month. And essentially, this is like very capital efficient, but it does suggest that the business could potentially grow faster by investing more in customer acquisition costs. So Two years after Eugene joins and post-raise, this payback period is extended to five to six months because they quintuple the amount of money they are spending to acquire a customer. But presumably the reason they were doing this was to significantly increase the growth rate. So this is how you raise money, or this is how I like to raise money, is to build something, get customers, get revenue. And then once you have something that's amazing, then you can raise money to increase the rate of growth. So the learning here is, Instead of going out to rave cash, why not wait until your numbers are good enough that the VCs want to come and work for you? And growth lever number nine, becoming ubiquitous. So let's define that word first, ubiquitous, present, appearing or found everywhere. And 
I think anybody in the online marketing world knows SEMrush. And the question is how, obviously they've been around for a long time and now they've expanded into different languages. So not only are they ubiquitous in English speaking countries, but also other places. Maybe it's also because they have this massive army of affiliates promoting them all around the world, being very incentivized to. But for me, this comes back to really the first growth lever as well, which is the focus that the founders have had for close to 20 years now. It's just this one specific area, one industry, and all they've done is just focus, focus, focus on that. Now, obviously, this area SEO back 20 years ago was very small. Now it's very big. But if you get into an industry when it's smaller and you have something live when it's smaller, it's very easy for, to get everybody in the industry to know you then. Then as the industry goes, when new people come in, they ask the existing people or the experts what brands, what blogs they should read, what products they should use. And if the experts know you because you're around from day one, then you're more likely to get that referral. So I think the key here is that A, they stayed focused on this one specific niche, but they were there right from the start and they built something better than anyone else. And so the learning here is it's going to take time, but what are you doing today that's informing and reminding your market that you exist? So let's quickly summarize what we learned from these nine growth levers. Number one, are you obsessed with your industry? If not, you need to find one where you are. Number two, spend months, if not years, building something people like before marketing. Three, your first growth channel should really suit the founders of the business. Number four, how can you leverage the expertise and audience of influencers to grow your traffic initially and then obviously your product? Five, when you start, focus the product and then use those profits to expand the product and therefore your wallet share. Number six, how is your local language competition? Can you beat them if translated? Number seven, when building a sales team, it may be best to have them first focus on expansion revenue before going out and asking them to find new customers. Number eight, instead of going out to raise VC money, why not wait until your numbers are good, you have a great product, and then use that money when you raise to pour gasoline on the fire. And number nine, it's going to take time, but what are you doing today to can inform and remind your customers that you exist? All right, team, I hope that was valuable. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I've been really enjoying these deeper dives on specific SaaS companies. The first one we did is Zapier. This is the second one. We have a few more coming. If you have any questions or even requests on SaaS companies to dig into, ping me on LinkedIn, drop me an email, tom at fame.so. And of course, thank you for listening.